Without further ado! That's what the game's all about. All of a sudden you feel like you can't miss. Welcome to Buckets. My name's Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network. Joined by my colleague, Brandon Anderson, NBA Futures Analyst. Want to let you know that you need to rate and review the podcast because we'll be calling out our favorite five-star reviews right here on the show. Every reviewer we call out will receive a free Action Pro account for one year, a full year. So be sure to leave those awesome Apple podcast reviews and keep listening to hear us shout you out. This is your game six NBA finals preview after the Boston Celtics. Uh, Somebody finally put the words that I was looking for, the euphemism I wanted, soiled themselves once again in game five on the road. Golden State played amazing defense. Defensively, they were incredible. Andrew Wiggins had his game. I said before the series that Andrew Wiggins, I thought was going to have a great series. He did have a great series. I took Andrew Wiggins over 22 and a half points and rebounds on heat check and then did not add it to my actual account on the picks program. Of course, because that'd be the only one I would have won as I lost a big position on the Celtics money line. I lost a sizable position on Celtics third quarter. Of course, the one quarter or Warriors third quarter, the one quarter the Celtics win is the third. uh, And I lose Boston second quarter as well. It was a rough night. You know what, Brandon? We were all feeling good about ourselves. We thought we had this series pegged. We had like such a good lock on it. We were absolutely due to get our teeth kicked in, and the Celtics kicked us in the teeth in Game Five. Yeah, this is hard. <laughs> this is hard. Yep. We we don't get to just be right about everything like for two straight weeks. That's the lesson here. Um, and and sports, sports are the lesson. Sports happen, and missed shots happen, and made shots happen. What was it? Boston started all of twelve on three. And then made eight in a row and then finished three of 12 on three after that. And that's kind of how the game went as well. Um, I, I wrote down the streaks on here. So Owen, all of 12 at that point, there's four and a half minutes left in the second quarter. It's 37, 26 from there. They make eight in a row and take the lead on the last one, 58, 55. That is almost exactly middle of the third quarter. So during that 10 minute stretch, Boston, won that stretch 32 to 18 the rest of the game outside of the minute of garbage time boston lost 56 to 86 boston got pantsed on national television like they were bad and the offense did all the bad things that we have come to fear over the last two months and they did all the turnovers they they're getting creative with these turnovers now like what Jalen Brown said after the game that they, they dropped the ball execution wise. No, you just dropped the ball. You just dropped the ball. You gave the ball away. You tied a little gift bow on it and gave it to the other team. The Warriors didn't turn it over and haven't really turned it over. And that is not a thing I thought was going to happen this series. And uh, we both were on Celtics and we both are shaken. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. I think, you know, I'm, I'm better than I was last night. Last night I was really shaken. Um, just because it was, it was this moment, game five was this moment of, all right, do you believe in the, in the analysis or not? And I believed in it. And there's all these ways, like, I'm not gonna, I'm, I'm sitting here telling you, like, I was wrong. Like I was wrong. I lost money on this game. What's frustrating is that for the weeks that we've talked about this, one of our primary argument points has been the Celtics offense. And I've continuously been like, I just don't believe in the Celtics offense. Like they're just not that good. And 
they managed to, to basically fake their way through a series without Chris Middleton and versus a Heat team that they were better than. And versus the three, the, the first three games versus the Warriors. And then finally, like my, we're going to talk about best bets. My hesitation on, on Celtics is primarily that they look fatigued yep. and they look like the Warriors have figured them out. Like the Warriors look like we go, like we know who you are now and we know what you can do and we know what you can't do. And you're not getting Al Horford hitting four threes anymore. And you're not getting Derek White hitting four threes anymore. And so now you're going to have to beat us with Tatum and Brown and Smart. And you can't do it. You cannot do it. They, they, the, self, the Warriors defense was pristine last night. They switched yeah. everything beautifully. They managed all of their assignments. They managed to keep Steph out of bad matchups. When they drove, they faced a, a wall of defenders. And the Celtics decided that instead of passing to open people, they should just take extremely contested fadeaway, like eight, like 10 foot runners which was quite a choice um all of these things are simultaneously a credit to the golden state warriors tremendous defense which has been good all season long when draymond green's been on the floor like we talked about how good they were it's another thing that's frustrating is because like this forced me into this position of i've i was high on golden state all year i i still everyone's like well you know golden state's a little it's not a great team uh, an elite team if the suns hadn't you know fed versus the the Mavericks, I'm like, I still think Golden State wins that series. And so, like, I've been high on them, but in this matchup, I when I did the analysis and came through with it, I wound up with Celtics and six, and that's what I bet. And I was wrong, and it's over. And um, I will tell you, I, I texted this to Raw and Brandon last night. I'm not betting side. This is the end of my sides for the 2022 <laughs> NBA season. I'm done. I'll bet totals. I'll bet props. I'll give you best bets on here. Um, but I, I can't bet a side for the remainder, not because I lost that much on the Celtics. I didn't, it, my pride has hurt more than my bank account. As I mentioned often, like I have a, I have a plus 700 on warriors, a plus 600 on warriors, a 10 to one on Celtics and nine to one on Celtics. Like I make less money on the warriors and on the Celtics. Uh, but I still make a, a handy profit because it's always my target is to like arbitrage and not take like a massive profit, but to make enough to offset the bets on stuff like the bucks and everything i'm i'm good on that end i manage my futures portfolio well but you know this series it i needed the celtics to win game five and i decided that instead of chickening out and going the opposite way i was like no i the celtics respond after losses the celtics have this under their control all they gotta do is not turn the ball over the celtics are the right side i'm betting the celtics and the celtics spat in <laughs> my face which is what they do and I'm fine with that, but I am done with sides because I honestly, um, well, let's talk about before we get to best bets, we'll do best bets. But you and I are of agreement that if you're going to bet a side, the Celtics are the play. I'm not betting it, so take that for what it's worth. <laughs> but the value, if you're talking about it, is still with Boston in game six. They're at home now. This is desperation time. Their backs are against the wall. If you're going to bet a side, I it's got to be Celtics. I understand how that sounds. I'm not going to bet it. I don't want to bet it. Not going to bet it. But if you do, or if you're just like, I want to bet a side, I'm not like, oh, no, the Warriors are way better. I literally am just like, hey, if the Celtics don't play like assholes, they can win this game, and they're probably the value at home. Uh, what do you think, Brandon? Yeah, that's what I think. But like I said, I'm shaken because – We've now seen two consecutive games where Boston's offense just looks like they're out of answers. And we know that, you know, in NBA in these series, like that's 
that's why it's fun to cap these series because as the series goes on, and we talk constantly about you've you've run out of your moves, you've run out of wild cards and cards to play. And at some point, this is who you are. This is who we are. Here's the matchup. And it sort of feels like, at least offensively, this is who the Celtics are. And the Warriors have locked in defensively. I think, too, we got on Steve Kerr a lot early in the series about his rotations. It feels like Kerr has, I think, correctly, pretty obviously, kind of locked in on, you know what? Let's go with the defensive guys. Gary Payton played a lot of minutes again last night. And for the second time in the series, he played a bunch of minutes and was very good in those minutes. And the Warriors won big in the two games they've done that on. Jordan Poole played less. Jordan Poole basically played two seven-minute stretches. And it was quite good. He made that long three-pointer at the end of the third quarter that I thought was pivotal. To to me, the pivotal stretch in this game was that three-pointer that kind of like got the crowd back into it after the huge... Uh, Celtics third quarter punch like Boston got that punch made all their threes was fired up Golden State got the timeout the crowd was kind of shook the Celtics did not lead at the end of the quarter just because of that three-pointer they were down by one but then coming out in the fourth quarter that's those key minutes no Steph Curry coming out without Steph Curry the Warriors went on a 10 nothing run and to me I, I think that we might look back on that stretch, that three-pointer, and that like five minutes of 10-0 without Steph, and that might be the thing that, yep, that's what tipped the finals. It's just that stretch because this series has been that close the whole way, and we know how close it is, and we know how important the minutes are without Steph. So I, I didn't think the Warriors could win this kind of game, honestly. Like that, for me, that's what I got wrong. they shouldn't. They, yeah, but they shouldn't. You know, I said coming to the series, part of my read on Boston, this has been kind of the last few rounds, is that they were the more stable team with the higher floor. Nope. 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 The Warriors score like 104 to 108 every single game, even though we don't really know where it's coming from. This was not the 100 points we thought they were coming from. Steph didn't play well. Steph had 16 points, didn't make a three-pointer. Seven of 22. The Warriors shot 9 of 40 on threes, 23%. Only three Warriors made a three-pointer. Only one starter made a three-pointer. They were minus eight in rebounding. I'm so mad. They were minus 16 on free throw attempts. How do you win that game? No, I'm so mad. The Celtics team. All I kept thinking last night, and people were really tired of it. I've had, I've had fights with friends in other chats about this. All I kept thinking last night was I was just so mad that Chris Middleton got hurt. I'm so <laughs> mad that Chris Milton got hurt because this fucking Celtics team should not be here. Um, I mean, look, man, I, I'm happy if we can go back and get the time machine and fix that one. I still got my my Bucks futures tickets out yep. there on that, although I yep. wouldn't have got the prices with Chris playing. But because here's we, the we, thing. Did, we said before the series, we talked about what one thing that swung yesterday. We talked about the bench. Could Golden State's bench be an advantage? And early in the series, it wasn't. Game five, it was. White, Grant, uh, uh, Derek White, Grant Williams, and Peyton Pritchard were one of nine for four points in 42 minutes. Four. Four points. And look, I didn't like seeing, for, for Golden State, I don't like Iguodala out there. I don't think he should be playing. I don't like seeing Bielitz out there. But those few minutes that they're buying with those guys out there is keeping the other guys a little fresher later in the series. And uh, I think that has made a difference. Like, uh, our good buddy, 
who told us on all our podcasts up until this round while he's not here anymore. Raheem Allah said, this is not the strength in numbers warriors anymore. Boy, was this ever a strength in warriors or strength in numbers warriors win. And I, so, I didn't think they had this. So here, here's, here's part of it is like, they still, I mean, honestly, like 104 is just not a lot. You know, no, the bar is so low not. here. I said this last night on Twitter and I mean it. It's hard to get to an NBA finals game and have bad, like have bad losses. You're losing to great teams. Like after you can have a bad loss in the first round, you can have a bad loss in the second round. If it's like a heavy matchup and you're just, you know, whatever. But once you get in the conference finals and the finals, you know, one, you're, you're so close and the, the level of execution is so high. It's just rare to have bad losses. This was a terrible loss. Like this was one terrible. of the, because the way I define it is like, is this a game where you played so far below your expectation? Steph Curry didn't hit a fucking three and you lost. <laughs> you out, you beat them on three pointers. You beat them on second chance points. You beat them on the glass. You, you doubled the their glass. free throw attempts. You beat them in free throw attempts. You know where they didn't beat them? Turnovers. Boy, turnovers. I mean, look, here, here's the, <laughs> here are the key numbers from this game from a Boston perspective. Okay. Um, the Warriors got 50 points in the paint. That's bad. They shot 67% on them. That's bad. That's really bad. On twos. Yeah, on twos. Um, but this is like the thing. 22 points off of 18 turnovers. 22 points off of turnovers. In a game, you lost by 10. You missed 10 free throws in a game you lost by 10. This, I, I, this is always a challenge is when you see a team play badly and the Warriors fans are going to be like, why don't you talk about how we clamped them? They did. They played great defense. Absolutely. The Celtics did nothing to counter it and ex exacerbated the problem. Like, Jason Tatum throwing a pass to Robert Williams two feet behind him. That's an easy pickoff is attributable to the pressure that the, that the Warriors put on them. And they did. They sped him up, which we talked about. Like they sped him up and they don't have anybody. I've taken so much shit from Celtics fans for saying they need a floor general. And I, I just don't know what else to say, guys. You need somebody who's going to come in and get the offense organized because none of your guys will do it. You absolutely fell apart. You could have won the NBA finals in six games and they're still live. You could have won the NBA finals in six games. If you could control your turnovers, but you can't, you can't, you got beat by Andrew Wiggins. You got beat by Andrew Wiggins. That's who beat you. That was the bar you had to clear. Not even like a 40 drop from Wiggins, which like Wiggins is good. He could do that. Like Wiggins can have a massive game. Wiggins at 26. He had 26 on 12 on 23 shots. That was yeah. the big game you not, had to beat. Not just 23 shots. He was 0 of 6 on threes. Yeah. He was 12 of 17 on twos. That's, oh. that's the number. That's how you, you lost. 12 of 17 on twos by Andrew Wiggins yeah. in the biggest game of the season. All right. So we move on to game six. And we are going to do yeah. best bets for this game. So, so you asked a bit ago. I didn't really answer this. I'm going to come back to it. You asked, okay, do we agree that if you want to play a side, it has to be the Celtics? I am playing a side here. Okay. And I am playing the Celtics, okay. but not just for the game. I'll get there. Look, all the trends that we said from last game, most of them still apply here. Celtics, after a loss, are 12-2 and two against the spread since January 29th. Not as nice as 12-1, especially since we just got crushed on the 0-1 last game. But 
there's still the, the after a loss trend still very strong. All of those wins are by eight points or more, except for one. So all that's still very strong. Warriors after a playoff win, still only four and seven against the spread since the first round. It was three and seven before game five. Felt better about it then, but that trend is still a trend in our favor. Warriors after a win, then hitting the road, one and five against the spread, failing to cover by double digits since the first round. And if you look, we talk about the turnovers a lot. The two games that the Warriors have their highest turnover rate so far in the finals have been game three and game four on the road. We know turnovers are going to shift somewhat in all likelihood on the road. So all the trends are still there. I still don't feel great about it. So I dug a little deeper. I, I still don't want to really take the Celtics here. I, don't, I won't stop you. If, you. if you're listening, you want to take them in game six, you still believe. You should still believe like that. All the trends, all the numbers still line up. Uh, I think we still think the Celtics are the better team. I still think they're the better team. They just, you're not the better team at some point. You keep doing this all the time, but I still think they're the better team. So here's where I'm going. I am going to take the Celtics, but I'm going to take Celtics first half. Celtics first half minus two and a half. Here's where I'm getting out of. If I only play the first half, I don't have to worry about Warriors third quarter. I know we just faded that yesterday in game five, but I don't have to worry about the, the third quarter. I also don't have to worry about fourth quarter. Is Boston exhausted? And do they have anything left to give? Because I'm now worried about that too. I didn't expect to be. Boston's fourth quarter has been strong, but not lately. And they're play- Tatum, and, uh, Tatum and Brown played every second of the second half until garbage at the end. I don't feel great about the end. And I don't feel great in a close game. I think we agree with that. Boston first half. Here's some more numbers. Celtics first half after a loss. So that's that same trend we've been doing. First half is 11-3 and against the spread in that January 29 till now stretch, 7-1 and in the playoffs. The only one they lost, the game we just watched. Warriors first half after a win in the playoffs are only... Three and eight straight up and against the spread. That's the same thing we've said. Warriors after a win, not really showing up. And then here's the, here's the one that has to worry you as a Warriors fan and excite you for this trend. The Warriors have now had three chances to close out a series on the road in the playoffs. This will be their fourth. The Warriors are 0-3 in those games, and they have blown it immediately. Against Denver, they were down 11 at the half. Against Memphis, they were down 27 at the half. And against Dallas, they were down 15 at the half. So they have lost all three road closeout first halves by double digits. So I'm going to take Celtics first half. That's when we know they're good. We know they're the better team. They're at home. They're going to get that initial push. And then I think I'm just going to watch the second half and hope I have my money and not have to worry about the stress and chaos of everything. Cause boy, I, I, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want it, <laughs> but I'll take the first half. What do you think about the first half play? I like it. I like it. They didn't rock style in the second quarters. They lost last night, but the Celtics have been dominant in second quarters have been on that trend. And that's what feeds into that first half trend. And the first half play, I think gives you cover in case they don't have, it. if they come out on fire in the first half and the Warriors work their way back into it, Celtics can still get there. Um, what's the spread? What's the number? It's two and a half. You want the other that, thing too is sorry. You want that, not the money line. I assume. I want the two and a half. Uh, I there there are not lines for it yet, 
because the numbers are strong of what I've said, and because the Warriors have been so strong negative in these road closeouts, I might look and see what like a Celtics eight and a half or nine and a half, like, you know me, the numbers are strong. I might look and see, give me an alternate spread to nibble in addition. If you like the Celtics to win the game, do, do you agree, Matt? If Boston's going to win, we need them to be ahead at halftime, right? Like, no, Boston, I no? No, I think, I, I think, how can I put this? Because um, otherwise you get the game five thing, and that did not go well. They made the big push, then they ran out of gas. Yeah, I get it. It's just they're going to have more, of, they'll have more in the tank because they're, on, they're at home. Yeah, that's fair. And so, you, that has to be the case if you like Boston, is a little more in the tank, you get a little adrenaline push. You hopefully that four points we talked about from from Grant Williams and Derek White and Peyton Pritchard, those are the guys that hopefully hit a couple more shots at home. But if you like the idea of that, they may have to be ahead at halftime to win the game. Halftime full time is plus one fifteen versus a minus one seventy on the money line. So Boston has to win either one of those, but halftime full time they got to be ahead at halftime. I would rather play that than the money line if you're choosing. Just because I think they need to be ahead at halftime to, to really have a good shot at winning. Yeah, I, th- I could see it. Like, if they're down two at half because the Warriors make a late second quarter Sure. Push, and then you're like, well, the Warriors third quarter. Okay, what if the Warriors win the third quarter by three and it's right. five? The Warriors, the Celtics are down five and everyone's like, the Warriors are 12 minutes away and the Celtics make a heroic stand and they outscore them by seven. And, you know, and then sure. they win. So, like, that, I path. just, I, there, there's a, there, are pa- there are paths here. Um, I don't want to get into. I just don't want to bet on this on the sides anymore. I just, yeah. So I just, so do you? It's, it's not even. I know it sounds like just like I'm shook. I, I am. I am <laughs> here to tell you. I am. That's gonna happen. We are. <laughs> that's happened. Um. Well, I mean, I'm shook and unable to do anything on it. And you are like, I'm shook, but this is the job, and this is what we're doing. <laughs> Which credit to you. And I am, on the other hand, a coward who is like, no, I'm just want to be done now. Can we just move on to the off season? Um, I'm ready to, so, I'm, but, but, but you're still going to do some bets. We'll get the props in a second. Do you have a, do you have a total on this game? Like, do you have something besides props that you're playing here? Okay. So I'm on the under 211. Okay. Like I got two eleven last night. It's 210 now. I think there's still value on it at 210. Now on to Sleeper. Sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. You probably already have a fantasy league on there. I use it for mine. It's a game-changing product unlike anything else in the industry. And now you could win on Sleeper by playing their new over-under game. It's super simple. First, in any sport, just choose two or more players that you like and pick the over or under. For example, number of points in basketball or hits in baseball or rebounds bounds or stocks, whatever it is that you're into, then choose the amount of money you want to enter into the contest. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two times to over 20 times the money you put in. The main reason I'm excited about the over-under on Sleeper is that's the only app where I can join my buddies' contest and play together. I have some real squares in my life that I'm looking forward to taking some money off of. It's got a built-in group chat where I can see and copy my friends' picks with the tap of a button. It's insanely fun to write out together. Stop what you're doing and download Sleeper now to play their new over-under game. Have fun with your friends and make some money. On your mobile phone, join our listener group on Sleeper at sleeper.com slash buckets. And Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to $100. Again, go to sleeper.com slash buckets and you'll get a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. I'm a little skeptical. I'm a little concerned because like you just mentioned that like 
you just mentioned, you're like, you know what? The Warriors are just going to score the same amount pretty much game by game, which <laughs> I was like, that's like an interesting like idea I hadn't thought of is like, what's the floor for Golden State's yeah. uh, offense, right? Like how, when they get into their stuff, when we come out of these games, what are they actually scoring? And when you look at it, Golden State is in this series, uh, game one, 108, game two, 107, game three, 100, game four, 107, game five, 104. So they've scored 104 more in all but one of these games. Yeah. And do you know what the Warriors team total line is this game? It's 103.5. Cause I thought of that. I was like, Ooh, so Warriors over, but that doesn't feel great. In if I just set all the, the, the bad road closeout trends and Boston at home and I, that doesn't feel like a strong pairing to me, but please, please remember there. Memphis game five for the Warriors. Please recall yeah. that performance and how that went. Right. Yeah. Oh, I recall. <laughs> and so um, I like the under and the other best bet that I have uh, for this game. I'll be on, I'll be on Celtic second quarter again. That's going to be a play for me. I'll be on Celtic second quarter, but the other one that I am going to be on in this one is I'm actually going to take the Boston under one Oh six and a half. So this covers a a bunch of scenarios. Okay. Uh, Boston wins at 105, 104. The Warriors still score 104, but Boston wins. The Warriors win 120 to 102. The Celtics still go under the 106 and a half. Like all of the scenarios, if if the Celtics are going to win this game, it's because the Warriors have a game where their offense is unable to show up and Boston's defense wins it. Like I do not see this being a game where it's possible based off of like Boston gets another hot shooting performance. Right. But golden state has, has figured out enough and the trends historically have leaned towards the under for game sixes. We did a whole thing on that earlier in the, in the playoffs about how game sixes tend to go in that direction. So I think that that's like worth. It's it's very similar to the game seven unders trend, just not quite as strong, but it's it's the line is a little easier for us. Uh, Game sixes. I'm looking at this right now. Um, Well, while you're looking to a a thing I've thought about and may still end up playing Boston in their wins, 120 and 116 points in their losses, 88, 97 and 94. So I actually am thinking about even as I play a Boston side as a first half, I might do like an alternate under. I I think if you want to play the Boston under, you you should play an alternate and get a little aggressive on it because when they go under, they are really going under. So if you take like an under 100, for example, I think you're probably getting like plus 250 on that. Boston could still win that game, you know, 98, 93 or something like that's That's a pretty easy script to see the way that games go toward the end of these series or Boston just stinks and the offense no shows the last games their season and that's that so i may take that just kind of as a bit of a hedge on yeah well no boston's offense just one two three cancun and is done for the year yeah i will say this as a warning sign to let you know about just how again how how much i don't want to bet this uh the under in game sixes are 57 percent in the nba playoffs in the finals in game six since 2003 there actually haven't been that many uh, the under is actually uh, four and seven. So okay. the over tends to hit in game sixes in the finals, which makes sense, right? Like heightened defenses, they wind up going over, et cetera. But look, I'm still at the point of just being like, hey, uh, 
I, the way that the series is trending, like I said, I think my best bet is probably the Celtics under 106 and a half. That covers us from all possibilities. The Celtics can win a game with 106. The Celtics can lose a game with 106. And so at most 106. And so that gives us, I think, the best range of outcomes here. Uh, Boston hasn't had a game, where, which we expected them to win, where it was a grinded out, ugly game that was supposed to be game five. And they had 22 points off of turnovers. Thanks, Bob. So... That's that. Um, props, Andrew Wiggins, points and rebounds. Once again, I will just keep that's my, <laughs> that's my safety net. Just me and Andrew Wiggins going the whole way. It's gonna be exaggerated line. Don't care. Still gonna go at it. They don't have a counter. They can't afford to counter it because it opens up too much other things. Um, if you like the Warriors, I would imagine a Steph bounce back game is probably in order. So you can probably get like I would probably take. Well, I guess here's the, here's the concern if you're gonna take a Celtics if you're gonna take a Steph over if, if you think the Warriors are gonna win. There are a lot of these games where it's a closeout game and the other team runs out of gas and then there's that third quarter and then it's over in the fourth quarter and you see the guys celebrating on the sideline for the last like six, seven minutes of the game. And that's the case. Steph may just not play in the fourth and then it's over. So like, you know, if you're, if you're playing props, be advised that like there's a possibility of that the Celtics just quit here. I'm not saying that's in their DNA, like part of a champion, blah, 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 blah. I've seen a lot of good teams once they get to game six and they're just like, we don't have answers. We're out. We're out of answers. Um, again, a lot of this was built off of, I expected Ime Odoka to have answers in game five and he didn't. So my prior was busted. So now I'm like, I, I can't expect him to have, to not have answers in game five and now have answers in game six. You had two days to get it right. And instead you yeah. turn the ball over 22 times to- or 18 times <laughs> for 22 points and you couldn't shoot. So yeah, well, and p- part of our problem too is we have focused you and I both, and really the, the media collectively on what are what are the answers defensively? Oh no, Steph just scored forty three. What are the answers on defense? Boston has a lot of answers they could do. They have Smart yep. and Time Lord and all these good yep. guys. We didn't really ask a lot of questions about the offense, and that's been the problem the whole time. And there aren't really a lot of solutions. And I think we all well, kind of knew that. <laughs> so again, so much of this is I don't want to discredit the Warriors because the Warriors have played great. Yes. It's just that, like, all of these things are still, hey, don't give the ball to the other team at half court. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the thing. This, If you watch the game, uh, so well, they had 18 turnovers yesterday. How many of those turnovers do you feel like Golden State forced versus how many were unforced errors by Boston? Because a high number. Like, I want to give them credit. Like, I'd say, okay. like, 11-7. It's sure. probably like a good percentage. I'd have to go back and actually look, but like yeah, 11 sure. seven would be my guess. But that's still seven unforced turnovers. Right. Versus only seven for the Warriors, the whole game turnovers. Yeah. And that's the problem. It's like, it's not taking away anything from the Warriors to, to, to acknowledge that Boston is seven times a game, live ball turning over for a pick six the other way or whatever that number is. You know, what's really funny is one of the things that we, we like so much about the matchup for, for Boston was their ability to switch, right? So the, the Warriors can't get into that super pretty ball movement, beautiful game stuff that they want to run. Guess what happens when they run that stuff? Turnovers. It's baked into the offense. Like you take away their efficiency, <laughs> but you also take it like now it's just like, well, okay, now we just have really good players playing one-on-one. And so um, that's, that's how they went. Again, it's not that the Celtics were entirely responsible for their performance. Like the Warriors play great defense. The Warriors are a great team. I talked about them all year as a cha- Like you and I, were the ones that were like, I don't know, Ra. I still really like this Warriors team. <laughs> um, it's that in this matchup, we really liked it, and we especially like the spot. Um, 
another probably spot to play in terms of props, I would say, uh, is likely going to be, if you're looking at this, is probably a clay under, just based off of kind of what we've seen. Like, if we think, or do you think this game, is open? game game six clay? But it's going to be inflated, game six right? clay. <laughs> I mean, that, that's my question here: is do you want to? No. Is this Clay Thompson going to have a game six in Boston in this spot? And the numbers probably. I mean, the, the, the game six clay has been, I think, a road game six trend that we've seen. Fair. Uh, look, I'm writing props for this game. And I have for like two weeks already, knowing I had this one coming, knowing it was going to be game six and that the game six clay numbers were there. I've been spending two weeks psyching myself up to fade clay and take the unders because I know it's such a contrarian thing. Like, isn't that the brandonest thing yes. to do? I. I don't, do I, I don't, I don't, I can't do it. It's, okay. it's clay. I, I don't want to do it. So I, I don't blame you, but also his volume has gone up the last like three games, his three point volume attempts have gone up. So that is really the thing that scares me off it a little bit. Um, some of my props, you mentioned Wiggins. Uh, I had that one down too. Wiggins. It's 26 and a half points and rebounds. You were getting that at like 22 and a half earlier in the finals. So that one has gone up, but Draymond keeps talking about this on his podcast. Andrew Wiggins' career high in rebounds for his life in the NBA had been 11 rebounds until he had 16 and 13 the last two games. So he's just, he's, he's playing big minutes. What do you play? I think 42 minutes on this one. So barring the blowout thing, we should get the minutes there. He's had at least 17 points in all but one of the finals games. So I, I like the points and rebounds. I think I might actually like better for Wiggins plus 220 double double we know he's going to get the points that like he's going to get 10 points because the chances have been there so it's just can he get to those 10 rebounds we've had 13 and 60 in the last two so can i victory lap in the series okay. and you're going to ultimately lose money on uh i took andrew wiggins to lead the series in rebounding yeah yeah we i, I had a few people uh, a, a few listeners pointing out last night people got that what number did you get because i had people pointing out from our podcast, they got some, someone got a 35 to one. Someone had a 55 to one and, uh, people already kind of victory lapping a little bit. So that was, that was a good call for you. Yeah. I had 35 to one. So yeah, that was a good one. My favorite prop for this game is one that saved me in game five. Uh, I, I got crushed. I think I went one and five on picks in the app, but I ended up only down like one unit because my biggest play was Marcus smart over. Oh. I was texting with you and Raheem. Please, God, give me a Marcus Smart layup. And it wasn't, what was it, like eight seconds after I texted that, that he got an uncontested layup like a minute before the game went to garbage time. Hit my over. Marcus Smart, after a loss, numbers have been very strong. This is, it's what they do. He comes out aggressive and taking a lot of shots. In the six postseason games after a loss, he's averaging 21.8 points a game, six and a half assists a game. He's at at least 18 points all six of those games. He's played seven times against the Warriors this season, and he's at 18 or more points on all but one of those. So just Marcus Smart over 16 and a half. I think that that's a really strong play. Brandon's better at this than me, and a good way to tell is that he spends basically four months talking me into how awesome the Celtics team is, and I finally <laughs> buy in, and in my biggest Celtics spot, I lose, and he still comes out ahead. That's like a good example of no, like... No, not ahead. Just I just okay. I lost a unit. Like... Uh, boy, I needed that one though, because I think otherwise that was like a 4.3 unit swing for me on the night. So it, it had been a strong like last 10 days, and I needed that to kind of save a little bit. A couple other rebounding props I like. 
I need your help on this one. Steph Curry under five and a half rebounds. I know that you think Steph is fine and the foot thing is not a thing, but I didn't think he looked great last night. Like obviously he missed the shots, but he didn't seem like himself. He's under five and a half rebounds in six of the last eight. He's under in 15 out of 21 playoff games. Also, I think that Steph could see shorter minutes either direction. Either the Warriors get a big win and he just doesn't have to play to the end or the Celtics put things away quickly. And then I think you're like, hey, our guy Steph is nursing a a, a foot injury. We got a game seven three days from now. Why don't we just kind of save up till then? At under five and a half, that line's a little higher than I thought. Is the foot thing anything to you anymore? I thought that it seemed like that maybe played a part still in a tough game five for him. He's fine. <laughs> okay. I don't know why I even bothered to ask because I knew that he's fine was the answer that I was getting there. He's fine. He had a bad game. Guys I still like the under five and a half rebounds. Yeah. I, that, that helps the cap if it's there. If not, I still like it. I guess Jaylen my, only, Brown, my only challenge there would be like, if you like, if you like the under on five and a half rebounds, you have to adjust for for Boston field goal percentage. So like, yeah, I don't know that. I, I don't agree with that because it's just stuff like w- Wiggins can get the rebounds or Looney or Draymond. Like that. I, I hear you, but it's just like, if you, if you, you better think that the Boston Celtics are going to have like an okay offensive game. If you think that it's possible yeah. to have another clunker, but I will say this, if they turn the ball over, there's no rebound. <laughs> yeah. And the thing is they only actually had, I think 75 field goal attempts in this last game because of the turnovers and because don't forget, Boston gets to the line a lot, which yeah. they'll do more at home, and those are not field goal yeah, attempts either. Will never, and Steph will never get those boards off of those. Right, he's not even he's not even going for those. Yeah. So the other rebounding one, Jalen Brown over. So if you like Boston to miss shots, Jalen Brown will get some more chances to rebound over six and a half rebounds. He's had six plus in seven games in a row since round one. He's averaging seven point three rebounds a game, and we know his minutes are going to be huge. He's played thirty eight minutes or more, all but one Finals game. He had forty four the last game. So you know, Boston's going to push the guys as far as they can. Jalen's going to play every minute he can. So I think that one's good too. Uh, series bets. Is there some value on Boston? Again, yes. Like I have a Boston in seven ticket that I, I hedged against the, the, the N6 stuff that's still technically live. Um, they, can they do it? Yes, because they, this is the team that's been like up against the wall, right? A lot of what we're talking about today is not like, well, the Celtics lost the series. It's more of like, for me, it's like, no, Celtics minus one and a half is dead. Like I had, an, I had an opportunity sure. for Celtics and six and, and it died because it's impossible now. Can the Celtics win the series? Yes. Is it, uh, is it likely? No. Are you getting good value on it? Yeah. Like there's probably still value on it relative to the market. Um, there's always going to be kind of be like, you have an overreaction to game five. We take a look at this objectively and overreaction to game five and what's been a close series where Boston led to one Boston has a home game to force game seven and game seven is, you know, these, these a weird scenario. We have all the, the historical trends of game sevens versus you can go back and say, well, Boston has already won two game sevens, including one on the road. They've made it hard on themselves the entire way. They've made it hard on themselves this series to where I think it, it neutralizes a lot of the historical trends. You're still looking at obviously the warrior, the Celtics should be huge dogs, but you're probably, they're, they're a little bit more huge dogs than they should be. So again, like if you want to bet it, I'm not. If you want to bet it, I don't think there's value on. Um, I don't think there's value either way on like Warriors to win the series, obviously, and there's not value on the Warriors to 
um, on, you know, Celtics to win this uh, in terms of like, I don't know, I guess you can, you can just probably take them on. I, I do wonder if it's more valuable to roll over game six, game seven, yeah. if you're going to go that route. Yeah, I would say I agree with most of that. I, I agree that we we can just bury Boston. Like, look, they just need to win twice. It's a very good team. They can win twice. They can win the finals and be champions a week from now. I don't think that there's value on the series. I, I don't think that there's great value. For me, I kind of like my range of outcomes. I put Boston between 18 and 26% chance to win the finals now. So it's not great. Obviously, you'd rather be on the other side of that. Basically, the best case scenario there, the 26% is a plus 285. And that is especially because the lines posted last night, people I think have been betting Boston. So the lines have getting been getting a little shorter. 285 is pretty close to what the number is. I don't want to be playing a best case scenario number for a team. Here, here's the problem for Boston at this point. The Warriors, look, we've talked, we've talked all playoffs about Boston after a loss. The Warriors have not lost two in a row the entire playoffs. They haven't. They don't lose two in a row. And uh, I, I'm guessing they maybe haven't done that the entire season with like the healthiest stuff, Draymond combo. I, I didn't go back and look, but we only had that for the first like 20 games and they're 18 and two. So the Warriors have to lose two in a row. They have to lose at home, which, by the way, they've lost once at home the entire postseason so far. It was to Boston, but they have to lose at home. They have to lose a home game seven. Like, these are a lot of things you're asking them to do. Boston has to win a road game seven now to be the champions. They would be the only, only the second team in NBA history to win three game sevens and win a championship. 1988. Los Angeles Lakers are the only other team that has won three game sevens. Uh, the Knicks in 94 got to a game seven and then lost it in the, in the last spot of, to end the season. So it's just, it's a lot. It's asking a lot. And look, Boston doesn't have to win three game sevens. They already won the first two. They just, it, you know, if you're Boston in the locker room, we come home, we get the win, we go to game seven. You never know. Anything's possible. We hit some shots. They, they can do it. but. To me, the number isn't great to bet on it. And the offense has been so bad twice in a row now. And the Doka adjustments that haven't been there, the, the shookness that we're feeling is just enough to push me off. I, I, I fully would have expected to go in on, all right, give me Boston one more time, baby. Give me Boston. Here's the number. Let's go for the win. I think the number is about right. I don't think there's a ton of value there. I think if you like Boston, there are better ways to bet them with correlated trends and with the way that we know Boston would win. There are better ways to just bet them these two games to get the wins rather than just playing the series price. Yeah, I don't know if I agree with you there just because I think that you're always looking to maximize the value and sometimes you do it too much. Like I think if you're yeah. just like a basic better, it's just like, no, I think Celtics are alive. I'm getting a good number. I will tell you this. I just looked, I just did the math. There's no advantage on taking the plus 290 versus the money line. I just ran the numbers and it comes out exactly even. The implied odds are 25%, 25.6 either way. So you're getting the same price. You can bet you can bet Celtics game five or game six and then game seven, assuming that you're still getting the same price at plus one of 45 in game seven, which you probably should if they win game five, game six. Is I don't imagine it would be dramatically better. If you you can add some, you can like get some sense on this 
if you shop around and are very precise with your money line bet, if you get the absolute best price, you can shift it up a little bit. But in general, like from where I'm sitting right now with a minus 166 for game six and uh, expected plus 145 for game seven, if Boston were to win, it comes out exactly even. You can just bet the plus 290. If you get something better than plus 290, you got value. If you can find a plus yeah. 300. Plus even for, for me, even at the very least, and I know again, this is back to Brandon tries to maximize value and you lose no, some of your outs. I'm, I'm not dismissing this, Brandon. No, I know. It's I know. successful for you. Like right, the ROI is the whole thing. Right. Like, you're great at this. But if you want to, if you want to do the rollover thing at the very least, if that's the way I'm playing it, I at least would take Boston to cover, not just to win on the money line and then roll that over. And now I'm getting a much better number. And all I'm losing is the Boston winning by one, two or three. And like, look, I, I don't, I don't love Boston doing that. I don't feel like that is, is I don't feel like I'm giving up a lot on that. Um, I do have a patented super duper long shot bet to throw at you for you to just like swat out of the air at me. Okay. Who has been the most important player for Boston so far in the finals? Important? That's a good question. Robert Williams? Robert Williams. He was plus 11 in game five. They were minus 27 with him off the court in game five for garbage time. What if Robert Williams comes out at the end of the season? There's no more holding back. What if he plays like 40 minutes each of these last two games? And the Celtics win the finals clearly because Williams has played a lot more minutes and the defense shuts down Steph and the Warriors and the Celtics are champions because of the defense, which we now know is because of Robert Williams more than anything else. He is 500 to one at points bet to be the finals MVP. If he plays all the minutes in the last two games and the Celtics win the finals because of their defense, you know, the voters. Could Robert Williams steal a finals MVP? 500 to one. You didn't say no right away. I'm considering this a win no. already. I didn't say no. I, 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 a few listeners asked me about this one. So uh, I, I think if you want to nibble, I, Matt didn't say no right away. That means nibble if you want. Here's the thing. I think on some level, there is an understanding from the voters of what would be an insult to the team. And there's a galaxy and they did it in 2015. To a certain degree, but it was such a weird situation. If it was like if somebody had guarded Steph, that's one thing because that's like guard that's like Iguodala guarding LeBron, but that's not the case. But it it is the case, isn't it? Isn't the whole point with Robert Williams that he's the guy on drop coverage that is taking Steph away? Because when he's when he's not out there, Steph is killing him. LeBron's overall numbers in terms of production were amazing in 2015, but the efficiency was not, and that was a key component. Steph's efficiency is still high. I think is my counter there. Yeah, and I don't, I don't know I think, what it is versus Rob, but that means I don't think the voters know what it is either. <laughs> if you want to throw it out there, I don't think it's like if you're if you're somebody that's like I want to bet a long shot, then yeah. That's a great bet. If you're looking for like a crazy long shot, that's an awesome value on it's it to me. It's it's Tatum Brown because Brown completely bed last night. Robert Williams. Like that's probably the order if the if we hold it up. But like, I guess my question is, if the Celtics won, is Steph Curry more likely to win than Robert Williams? And my answer is <laughs> yeah. probably yeah. Yeah, well, I, th I think at that point, you're looking for a plurality vote. You know, what do we have like 11 voters? And we're hoping that we get like four Robert Williams across the line 
And actually, maybe I will counter argue back. Steph being this good may may help the Robert Williams case. Maybe he gets a couple of the votes away that like Tatum would have gotten and throws it more wide open so that Rob only needs four or five votes. It's a long shot. It's 500 to one. It's, it's a long shot. I'll I don't a couple bucks on it. I don't think it's patently nuts. I just can't, you know. It, this is the thing is like at 500 to one, is there EV? Yes, there's EV on the percentage chance of this happening. Um, but I'll yeah, I think, and look, finals MVP, as you guys mentioned, like there's nothing else to bet, to bet here. Um, I don't what know. About, you, uh, what about Maple Pippen, Andrew Wiggins? Dead. Does he no, have a chance? I, this, is, this was like a conversation point last night. Yeah, I agree. Here, here's the difference. Um, there's an online discussion that'll be like, maybe Andrew, because it will get engagement. The no. voters do not care about engagement. I'll tell you that. Like Howard Beck is not on Twitter a lot. Sam Amick is not on Twitter a lot. Doris Burke is not on Twitter a lot. Jeff Van Gundy is not on Twitter a lot. That's four votes, right? Yeah. The beat writers are, are not going to get caught up in that. So like, let me put it this way. Would Marcus Thompson, if he's the vote, or Anthony Slater, would either of those guys from The Athletic as not beat writers the Golden State Warriors bet Andrew Wiggins over Steph Curry. Never, never, ever, 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 never. So it's Curry's minus three fifty. There's no value in the in the NBA Finals market. In my yeah, it's it's a step or nothing on the Warriors. I'm taking the L's on that one too. If if the Celtics lose Game Six, betting Steph for Finals MVP maybe is a spot, but it's probably just going to be basically the same as a Warriors money line for Game Seven. All right, it's going to do it. We'll be back on Friday, either with a wrap-up episode from the season and a look ahead to next season's future bets. Don't worry, we'll have future bets if the series does end in six. If they're, if the Celtics win, we'll be back with a Game 7 preview on Friday, setting us up for the Sunday uh, final game of the NBA 2022 season next week. Next Thursday is the NBA draft. This is insane to me, but next Thursday is the NBA draft. We'll have two draft episodes next week for you to get you set for betting the NBA draft. We started talking about it over the weekend. Go back and listen to that, but we'll have lots more for you coming. Lots of stuff on the Action Network app. Make sure to download load that. Rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. We really need those rate, review, and subscribe, guys. We've gained so much momentum off of Buckets. Help us out with those. Have yourselves a great week. We'll talk to you guys again next time on Buckets.